This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to YouTube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us. Cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Steps back from Arfield! What a Burnley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League! It's something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the ball plays it in. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clarendon Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. Here goes Mike Conroy. Still time for a winner, baby. John Francis! They came to York in their thousands. They're going home as champions. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, 
Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kelly! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Good morning, everybody, and welcome along to the latest instalment of the Turfcast podcast, full-time show, and I am obviously a very happy man this morning. Um, yeah, obviously, we're going to be discussing the result yesterday at the Stadium of Light, and what a result it was in the end as well. I'm sure not many people thought that that would happen at half-time. Um, we have got a couple of guests waiting to come in the wings, but I'm going to do the usual thing where I chat for a little bit first, give my thoughts and stuff like that, read out any comments that we've got coming in. So get your comments in now, get them coming in thick and fast as soon as you can so we can read them out before the discussion starts. But it's good to see Simon Maroos in the chat. That's uh, an old school name that we've had uh, for quite a while here on Turfcast. I'll quickly move my chair up so you can see me over the comment. Um, but he says, what a second half performance up the Clarets. When was the last time we came back from 2-0 down at half time to win? Four two. And I don't know if that's a question that you already know the answer to, Simon. Because um, if it is, um, then please let us know. I'm going to guess. And in fact, don't let us know just yet. I'll bring the two guests in later and ask them to. Um, I remember being 2-0 down to Barnsley quite a long time ago. I think Gifted Noel Williams scored a hat-trick. That's how long ago it was. Um, QPR as well. We were 2-0 down there and won 4-2 when Akin Bailly scored a hat-trick. Or was it Andy Cole? Um them two were up top four rules. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. Um, so get if, if if you're watching in the chat, get your get your guesses in and 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 then we'll um and then and then hopefully Simon knows the answer. If you don't know the answer, Simon, then then just let us know now and, and then probably go and ask Dave Roberts. That's one for Dave Roberts, I think, to be honest. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the match yesterday then. Um obviously chalk and absolute cheese, them two halves of football, wasn't it? Um the first half we were god awful, we were dreadful. And now, no, no, I'm not taking anything away from Sunderland because I thought they were very good in the first half. They, they dominated us. They wanted it more than us. They were better in midfield than us because Jack Court wasn't there. Um, and they just, they just dominated us in every area. They dominated us in every area, but especially the midfield. Like they, like I said, they were overrunning us. Um, it's, it, it was just, it was just abysmal. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Sunderland. They're not rubbish. But they're not good either. You know, they're not going to set the championship on fire this season. You know, they've just lost uh, 3-0 at Ewood Park, for example, or at their seconds before. So that's a bad, bad example. I just see them as terrible in my head because obviously it's Blackburn. Um, but um, yeah, they started the season well, but they, they've, they've, they're starting to fade a little bit. Um, but, you know, they're not rubbish, but they're not a great side either. Um, so I was I was pretty angry, um, to be honest. I, I thought that company, to be honest, I thought he got that team selection wrong. Um, some people will say, obviously, it is, it is it were resting players and, and worried about a Jack Cork suspension. Um, but it's 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 the Ashley Barnes thing for me. I love the guy, and I, I will refuse to, to criticise him too much because of everything he's done for the club. But he were getting nothing off the ref. I got a bit of criticism for that yesterday. There was a few fouls in there. I don't care what anybody says, but nothing, absolutely nothing, was sticking to him. It was bouncing back at us, uh, coming back to us after bouncing off him every single time. Um, and then he changed it up a bit. Obviously, he took Barnsley off, put Teller in the middle. Um, and we actually started to have a decent, you know, purpose. Some, we, had some, we looked dynamic is what I'm trying to say. We we're actually getting the ball forward, running with the ball. And obviously we got the goal early on and that just set the tone. And obviously the rest is history. Um, 
I have got, like I said, two guests. I've also been sent a video off DJ Dave. Now, I didn't ask for any videos this week because I knew I were doing one of these and I knew Tom were coming on. And Tom is a big help sometimes. Tom edits the um, uh, the, the, the family action videos for me. So I didn't want to you know, pile too much on people and stuff. So I didn't I didn't ask for any videos this week. Uh, but DJ, DJ Dave sent us one anyway. I can't remember his, his full name. Is it Anthony David? Anthony David. But I'll just give it a play anyway to keep him sweet. And this is his thoughts after full time yesterday. Sunderland v Burnley match review. Wow, Sunderland two, Burnley four. I did not see that coming at half time. I'll be honest with you, I thought that were it, dead and buried. But you know, this team doesn't know when it's beaten. That's the and do you know what? I've seen a different way of winning now. I believe now if we do go behind. We can come back, whereas before, we've not really seen it before. We've always gone 1-0 up and then they've pegged us back and then it's sort of gone stale and flat. But to come back the way we did in the second half was absolutely brilliant. You know, it, it's a sign. You know, I don't want to get too ahead himself, but it is a sign of, of certainly promotion credentials. Um, I've not really seen over the 16 games anybody better than us. Um, but that first half was pretty awful. But second half, just wow, amazing. You know, um, if it had carried on for another 10 minutes, I bet we'd have got another couple of goals, maybe, you know. So it, it's just really, really positive. The only downside is flipping Rovers, isn't it? They do me heading. I want them to tail off, but the game in, in, in three weeks' time is just going to be absolutely flipping pandemonium, isn't it? Um, you know. But yeah, so what a result. Great performance, second half. Onwards and upwards. Get it. Promotion credentials. That's the most positive I've ever heard, Dave, uh, to be honest, if that is his real name. Um, but, yeah, pretty much agree with it all, uh, to be honest. Um, first half were dreadful. Second half were good. And you know what? A lot of, a lot of managers now, Robbins is the same. Now Mowbray, um, the Birmingham City manager in midweek, have all said, oh, we're the best team in the league. Burnley the best team in the league. And I find that quite, not bizarre. I don't think it's necessarily massively untrue. I think personally, I think Sheffield United are a little bit better than us when they've got all their players. Um, but that's a different debate. Uh, but it's just weird saying that. And obviously, these managers know football. So if these are all saying that we're the best team in the league, then there's probably something in it. Lads, I'm going to be bringing in you in a couple of seconds. I'll just read some um, comments out. Just going back to the question that Simon Marus asked. Uh, Scott Hardacre says, Barnsley won at Turf. You are right. I was on it. Um, but Simon Marus has said, I don't know the answer. Haha. <laughs> you need to bring back the turf cast quizzes. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I used to do the quizzes dinner uh, during lockdown, but there was a lot of hard work for, for like 10 viewers, Simon. I know you, you You were the guy that loved them. You were the guy that there every week, but you know, a lot of hard work for not much reward, mate. Um, Harry, that second half performance shows how good we can be. Serious content, uh, contenders, sorry for automatic promotion. Who would have thought we'd be doing this so well early in the season? Uh, yeah, fantastic second half. I am a little bit worried about that first half. I do feel like the games might catch up with us a little bit, although we have got three, with the greatest respect to the likes of Norwich, Reading and Rotherham. We've got three very winnable games coming up, so we could be in a brilliant position, in a brilliant position this time in, what, a week? Um, so fingers crossed that the games don't catch up with us. And humongous... Great name. Says, glad to see as a City fan, Burnley lads are turning around results for Vinnie K, the Warrior. Not really much to turn around, to be honest, Hugh. Obviously, that's not your real name. I'm going to call you that. Um, we've just been drawing a lot. We've just been drawing a lot, but we seem to be kicking on a little bit now. Um, we just need to turn it into 90-minute performances because uh, a good side would have put us to the sword yesterday in the first half. And one thing I, do, I will say before I bring the lads in, one thing I have done 
every single game since this podcast and this page was created is tweet at halftime. And I will continue to do it for as long as this page is going. I will always tweet my thoughts at halftime. And I said yesterday at halftime, I'll just quickly get it up. It won't be on your screen, but for those of you um, that want to see it, um, then please feel free um, to, to, to follow us on Twitter, uh, log on. Um, I'm just, just finding it now. Log on and then and then, and then you can give us a follow. But my, I said at halftime, what a horrendous half of football. Abysmal at the back and offered absolutely nothing up, up. Sorry, abysmal at the back and offered absolutely nothing up top. They're winning the battle in the middle and dominating us. We've had like two spells of possession the whole game. Too many passengers, the wrong team selection. That's spot on. There's nothing wrong with that comment. After watching that first 45 minutes, that is spot on. A lot of people like to dive on these sort of comments at full time and go, haha, look, you look like an idiot now. Well, no, the comments were completely justified at half time. Vincent Company got the team selection wrong, in my opinion, and a few people share that opinion. The lads that are coming on in a minute might not. Full credit to him, though. He recognised the issues. He recognised that nothing was happening up top. He took Ashley Barnes off, changed it up. And then we got the result because of him. I will always, first camera freeze of the show, and it has to be doing it at this point, doesn't it? But I will always give people the credit, there we go, the credit when they deserve it and the stick when they deserve it. And them deserved a lot of stick in that first half. But my God, they deserve a lot of credit for that second half. And that's exactly what I gave them. Uh, just one more comment off you, the City fan. He says, yeah, that's what I mean, draws into wins. See, where do Burnley need to strengthen? I'm sure Pep and the club will want to help out as much as possible. Well, we can always have another midfielder if KDB's free. You've pretty much won the title already. You know you've got Haaland. But a lot of people are saying give us Haaland. And yeah, that would I think he would genuinely score a million goals in the championship. But KDB, I'd love to see him in the Burnley shirt. Um, lads, I'm going to bring you in now. We are bringing in Tom from Up the Clarets. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. All the way from Thailand as well. <clears throat> yeah, Northern Thailand. It's um, bridging on tea time for us now. But um, it's a good time of day to do this for me. So, yeah. Happy days. Oh, thanks for coming on. It's the first time you've been on, obviously. Uh, you've, you've, you may, you may recognise him from the fan reaction shows. Um, so, Tom, thanks for coming on your first live show. I really do appreciate it. Obviously, I've been saying for a while that I'm going to bring you on the live one. And, of course, you all know Neil. Know, not not I... quite as far. I think, Neil, you're from Sunderland, aren't you? That, that, that yeah, must have been fun yesterday. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell me the story, because you, you said you went on with your father-in-law, who's a Sunderland fan. He is, yeah. So, um yeah, I brought him on and all, I've been bigging us up all season saying, because he, he's been to turf a couple of times under Dash and obviously seen his yeah. last season when we were really poor. So his impression of what we were like was what everyone's impression of what we were like at the time was. And I've been bigging us up saying, no, it's a different Burnley. It's, you know, we play exciting football. It's a young team. We're, we're one of the strongest. You'll, you'll Honestly, you'll be surprised. And then we turned out that first half and he was just like, this is just exactly the same. Um, but then obviously it was very different at the end. So. Yeah. What, what did he say about that second half? That'd be interesting to know. Oh, well, uh, yeah, he was he was obviously disappointed, but he's a, a lot him and obviously a lot of my extended sort of Sunderland family have all said the same thing that that's the best team that's been at the stadium this season so far, second half anyway. Yeah, definitely second half. Well, let's let's start let's start with the negatives so we can get them out of the way and then move on to the positives. Tom, I'll start with you. Um, first off, obviously, I've just had a little bit of a rant about people diving on comments and stuff like that, but I felt that. Vincent Company got the team selection wrong. I, I kind of understand why he's dropped Jay because he did look a little bit leggy midweek. But if, you know, obviously, if we don't have the depth there for me because I don't think Barnes is good enough. I'd like to see Dervis Oglu, but for some whatever reason, he's not he, he's not been playing. Um, 
I'm not really <laughs> sure why. But if you're dropping, if, if you're going to make a decision to drop Jay, I think you need to make sure that obviously somebody good enough is there to come in. And for me, I love Barnsley. I don't like criticizing him. Like I said before, I've got a pair of his match worn sand boots just down there. I love the guy and I'll forever be grateful. But he's just not good enough anymore, isn't he? But for me, I, I do think VK got the team selection wrong in, in the first half. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, when it first got announced, I'm in quite a few groups on, on sort of Facebook and WhatsApp and stuff, being abroad, you kind of have to be in them to get the interaction with Burnley mm. fans because there isn't any out here. And I could see the morning and groaning as soon as the team came out and Barnes was in there and, and, and people's negativity towards it. And I tried to kind of rally people around and say, come on, if people start booing him and get on his back from the first whistle, then it's not going to end well for him anyway, is it? But it did kind of feel like last chance for him yesterday to really turn out and put a performance in because he's not really put a performance in for, I mean, you're probably bridging on a couple of seasons now since we've seen the best out of him. So, I mean, ideally, I wouldn't want to see him play for the rest of the season, if possible. I think he's just tarnishing his own legacy with Burnley now as somebody that we all know and love and remember for some fantastic moments. Um, every week now when he turns up and it really matters for us he's not putting in a performance it's just making him look worse and worse and i'd hate for him to um be a, a figure of ridicule uh with the burnley fans and us end up not liking him for um the, for the for the performances he's putting in now when we can remember the good side of him yeah i agree thankfully a lot of burnley fans who were older than say 20 have you know a, a good memories of well, oh, that's probably older than 15 really i have good memories of ashley and and we'll remember him highly um from from the times when he when he when he wasn't past it but neil a lot of people are saying that the, the system doesn't suit him a lot of people are saying he's past it which do you reckon it is or do you reckon it's just a mixture of both i think it's a mixture of both he's never he's never been the same since that hernia has he he was out for ages in that hernia and he's never come back yeah, same. but i just think he doesn't fit our style of play anymore he's very much a throwback to how dice used to play and that sort of football i don't think he quite fits the company way of playing football anymore. I mean, he looked well out of his depth yesterday. Um, yeah. And I thought it was, I, I think I said in my fan reaction midweek that it'll mix it up for Saturday, but I thought he might just drop Jay. I wasn't expecting Cork to be dropped as well. So when you seen that, I just thought it was, I thought it was a, a bit bold by a company to do that. Um, yeah. I want you've touched on Jack there. I do want to talk to Jack. Uh, talk to Jack. Talk to you about Jack. I'll stick with you, Neil, because I was talking to somebody yesterday when we were two 0 down at halftime. Admittedly, um, obviously, I think he's I think he's taken Jack off because he's worried about the suspension. Obviously, he's on four yellow cards and he probably wants him to play midweek against a Norwich side who are better than Sunderland. With all due respect, against Sunderland, yeah. you know they're a better side. So I can kind of see what he's trying to do. But in my head, or and to be fair, the person that came in for him was Goodmanson and he got booked within two minutes. So I think he might say it's justified because in the end we've got the win. But for me, I just think start your best players when you can, unless they're knackered or injured, obviously. And then if yeah. you get suspended, worry about the suspension at the time. Don't worry about it now because we nearly threw that game away. And the whole point of playing him against Norwich was to give us the best chance of winning. And we nearly lost that game. But in the end, maybe it's justified. I, I, I don't know. I, just, I think it was silly to drop Jack and Jay, the two massive players. And yeah. We've learned those lessons from that's, that. At half-time, that's what I said. I said, we need some experienced heads on that pitch because we just looked lost. We looked like we didn't know what to do. Um, Sunderland were just staff and everything we did. Because to be fair, Sunderland played all right, but I don't think they were outstanding. I think we made them look better than they actually played. They, they, were, just, they were just in our faces, weren't they? Yeah, they were in our faces. And I just, think, I just think that... If, if Jay's not on the pitch, then you put Jack on because we need that experience. It's a young team. To be fair, for a lot of them, they won't have played in a, in a crowd that big and that sort of atmosphere before because it's, it's a big stadium for a lot of those lads yeah. to have played in. I just think you need your experienced heads in that middle. And I think it showed 
it showed in the first half that we were just lost. We just looked like there wasn't a plan. Um, and they looked a bit frightened, to be fair. Some of them, the, the first touches weren't coming off. Um, just nothing was coming off. But that's also where I thought Barnes might have been. I thought he might have been that experienced head. So I, I was expecting a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very brave by company. But he should have played Jay or Jack, not drop both at the same time. Yeah, no, fair enough. He did talk a lot about lessons, didn't he, in his post-match interview? Yeah. So hopefully that is talking about himself as well there, um, rather than just the players. Well, that have been a fantastic... Sorry, go on, Neil. He 100% is. He 100% is yeah. talking about himself. So you could see afterwards he said there's lessons and, yeah, he 100% is talking about himself. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of company. We've done very well to say with this stage of the season... A lot of people thought we'd met, you know, not struggling, but, you know, it taking time to click. But to say we're in this position and blowing teams away, admittedly, not until the second half yesterday, and we've only done it a few times. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's good to see. But I just thought he made a few mistakes yesterday, as I've said. But keep your comments coming in. Harry says, um, good to see we have a plan B and C, something we never really had on the dice. Yeah, I agree with that. I think sometimes we, we struggled a bit on the dice to, to have a, a plan B and C. Jack Palmer says, hello, lads. First time catching this live. I was at work during the match yesterday. I was checking live score, but it wasn't working. So all I knew is we were 2-0 down. And when I find out we won, I was ecstatic. Scott Hardacre, he says, I think he could still play a part. Long old season in the championship, obviously referring to Ashley Barnes there. I don't know. I, I, for me, I, I think I'm on, I'm on Tom's side. I, I think... Definitely don't start him again this season. I think that was uh, that was a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, you can't just blame Barnsley for that first half. We were terrible all over the pitch." Yeah, and we were. But part of the reason is because every time we, you know, we tried to have some light relief of the ball going up top, it didn't stay up top. It just came straight back at us. Um, so I think for me, if you're bringing him on, bring him on in the last ten minutes or something like that. Not necessarily when we're chasing a goal as well. Just, just I don't know. Just, just maybe ask him to do a different sort of job because what what he has to do yesterday wasn't working. Although I stand by the fact he didn't get much off the refs, but there was only a couple of fouls. No, in he there, didn't. I think. He didn't. I, I thought that. I thought the yeah. refs. Were being I, very I tweeted. I tweeted it around thirty fifth minute, and loads of people were diving on it, saying not one time that he's gone down. It's been a foul. I have got because I did obviously I'm doing a match day vlog. You've seen the goal obviously on on Twitter. And for those of you watching, I will show the goal in this in this video uh, in just a few minutes. There's a, there's a Ruri goal. But I'll be doing a match day vlog. It'll probably be out on the channel tomorrow or something like that. But he was in the corner where I was sat, which is the complete opposite side to you, Neil. And I was in that corner. And he was there holding the ball. He just got hacked from behind, right in front yeah. of the linesman. He just didn't give a shit. It was, it was 100% a free kick. Um, do, you think, do you think part of that, though, is because people do know that he just goes down and waves his arm? Probably. Off. Probably, but then you've got to you've got to be a professional referee, haven't you? And look at the situation and just be like, it "Was clearly." You know, some somebody's performance up for me. I think I can't remember. I think it was late on in the first half, but he got the ball sort of right in front of me, so it would have been to our right as they're attacking us. And it might have been Taylor or someone was on the the other wing, and he hoofed it half the length of the pitch and what looked like a good ball, but it, then it just went straight out into the crowd. And I just thought that summed it up. That, that was yeah, that's something all I think. That was a good chance to no, break cock. it. Court not playing really, really hurt Barnes yesterday because yeah. there was nobody around him any time he got the ball either. So we were playing Goodmanson where Brownhill should have played, somebody who's not naturally supposed to play in that position. So, I mean, it's not going to be easy for him for a start because he's not experienced. He doesn't know where he needs to be. Um, every time he got the ball, there was no one around him. There was a big, big gap between striker and midfield yeah. in that first half. So it wasn't all necessarily his fault, but you've got to feel that he does go down too soft quite a lot of the time. And 
I don't know. The ball just seems to bounce off in these days every time it comes to yeah, it. Yeah, it, do, it just... doesn't seem to stick, does it, at all? Doesn't seem to stick at all. That brings it on nicely to this comment from NKP Fave. Obviously, you're saying the gap between midfield and, and the strikers was too big, and it was, obviously, we were... We're... <laughs> Too far back. Um, but he says, has Barnes ever been a target man? He's always played two up top. I don't think he'd ever cut it alone. That, that's probably a good point. Like, if, if you're going to bring Barnesy on, don't bring him on for Jay. Bring him on and keep Jay on and put two up top. Maybe that would work. Tom, I don't know your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a fair point. I mean, I think he did play on his own a couple of times under Darch when we'd had injuries and stuff, and he, he, uh, he struggled quite a bit from what I remember when he's played like that previously. Um, I mean those were probably Premier League games and you might think he could do a little bit better. But, I mean, he's played in a two for us, you know, in games as well um, since he's come back from this injury and he's not looked that good in a two either. So, you know, it's um, it's going to be a tough old season for Barnsley, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, moving on, though, obviously, half-time, all deflated. Half-time comments justified for those of you that like to dive on comments at full-time, completely justified. Um, but Harry mentioned a comment earlier. I'll bring it back on screen. Um, Tom, I'll stick with you. He says, good to see we have a plan B and C. Something we never really had on the dice. We'll, we'll ignore the dice comment, but it is good to see, although I do agree with it, uh, but it's good to see us actually have a plan B. And, he, and he's thought, and, and the good thing about company, I think, here is he thought outside the box. I'd, I was at half-time saying, just just put Jay on. Just get Barnsley off now. Put Jay on. And it might have just been more of the same. But he tried to do something different. He put Teller through the middle. And at half-time, I was like, why is he doing that? And we need we need a striker on the pitch. But Jesus Christ, it worked, didn't it? And and it's good to see him have a plan B and C. And it's good to see him think outside the box, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's not afraid to, to change it up. And he's not afraid to make um, a lot of substitution at, uh, substitutions at once and it's been positive at times and then we've had times when it's been negative and it's taken the sting out of the game for us as well. So, I mean, that's just going to come with experience and knowing the players. Um, it's a learning process for him as well. Obviously, he's not known a lot of them for longer than sort of six yeah, months at this stage. So, I mean, it's kind of the thing we're taking Jay and, and Cork out of the team. Uh, he's got to experiment with some of these players at some point. We've got a massive squad. Um, so, I mean, sometimes it's going to work, sometimes it isn't. Um, obviously, the first half yesterday didn't work, but um, it's good to see him at least trying different stuff week in, week out, for sure. Yeah, Neil, your thoughts on, on what company tried to do? Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and we all know now that it worked, and you know we'll give him loads of credit for it, because it obviously did. But it were a brave move, weren't it, I think, to not necessarily to take Barnsley off, but to try and do something different. Like I said, I was just yeah. saying, get Jay on, get Jay on. And he's put Teller up front, through the middle, uh, changed it around a little bit there. I can't remember if we actually brought on at half-time for Barnsley. Benson. But, um, there you go, Benson. So it's, it, Benson did very well for us. Obviously, he's put Benson on, you know, uh, as part of the front three, Teller up front through the middle. Um, so he's not afraid to do to do things that differently, isn't he? And obviously that's that's a good thing for us. Yeah, it is, and it just I think it's his philosophy of playing football, and it sort of take risks and just see where it gets us. Um, bringing Benson on, though, I think he just identified that that we need if we had that bit of pace, we could hurt them, and obviously it did work. Um, so yeah, it's good to see um, that we have got that, and it's good that he's. he's I think we touched on it. Earlier. It's good that he's recognizing when he hasn't got it right as well, instead of being sort of like sticking with it and thinking, oh, it'll get there eventually. He's, he clearly thought, right, it's not right, I'll change it up and, and did it. Yeah. Straight away. 
Yeah, good point. To be fair, my bi- biggest criticism of Dice, and I don't like to see too much Dice slander because, you know, again, he's a legend. But my biggest criticism of Dice was the stubbornness. Like, he dropped Jack Cork too many times, for example, and even though it clearly wasn't working, the, the Joe Hart and Tom Heaton situation was exactly the same. Everybody knew it wasn't working, but he just he just stuck by it. And I think I think with Dice at the helm yesterday, I don't think he'd have made that dynamic change at half-time, and we probably would have gone on to lose a game. Having said that, I don't think Dice should have dropped both Jay and Jack, uh, or two big-name players like that at once. But again, that's a different debate. Um, but moving on to the second half, actually, we've just had a comment. Uh, we'll just read a couple of comments, out actually. Um Jack Palmer says, I think that defenders now have the correct way of countering Barnes' play style to bullying defenders and fancying, uh, sorry, facing his own goal with the ball. I think the best thing in for is his goal, maybe at League One. Um, obviously, we've moved on from the balls debate now, but yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Robert Baldwin says, what do you lads think of Vincent getting a, another striker in January? I think it would be good to, 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 to get another striker. I think yesterday highlighted our need for another striker. But it also highlighted that maybe Vincent has other ideas as well. Because I know he, he did start the season, didn't he, Tom? I'll start with you on this one. He did start the season saying he doesn't necessarily want a striker. And yesterday was probably maybe what he was thinking about doing. Sticking Teller through the middle, having Zorori and, and Benson players like that at either side. That might be something that he wants to do going forward. It obviously worked yesterday. So what are your thoughts on another striker coming in? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Teller can obviously finish. We've, we've seen that from the beginning of the season. So playing him there is is a solution if we're going to play a certain kind of way. The problem is he's not that physically strong, so we don't really have an outlet there if he does play there. Um, I mean, yeah, if somebody's offering us a, another striker, I'll take it. But um, it costs a Well, lot, there's a Man City fan pennies. in the chat offering, offering some players, <laughs> so we'll, 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 have, we'll have some of them. Um, Neil, your thoughts, though. Striker or another player like... Teller and Benson, because like I said, it's interesting because his company said he wanted to play that way at the start of the season. Yesterday, he finally got round to doing it, and it, it showed that when that clicks, it's fantastic. And yesterday, it was fantastic in the second half. I think a lot depends on when the window opens, where we are, and the injury situation, because all it's going to take is Jay to get injured, and we're absolutely knackered, aren't we? Um, mm. And I think I think there's probably more likely to get one on loan than we are to buy one. So it probably is going to be a city youngster, in all fairness. But I think I think it's more likely to see one on a short on a half season loan than we are to go out and buy one permanently. Yep, fair enough. Harry says would love to go back in for Obafemi. I agree. He wasn't very good at the turf uh, the other day, but we didn't really give him chance to be very good. I think imagine somebody like Obafemi uh, in this Burnley side yesterday. It could have been seven two by the end of it. Um, Jack Palmer says I think companies should use the money from selling Veghorst to get another striker of a similar level to J Rod and play him on rotation or both. Obviously, the only problem with that is we haven't actually sold Veghorst yet. Um, Glyn Wilson says morning Claret's pissing down in London this morning. I don't think it's raining here yet. It's definitely not raining in Thailand. If you look at Tom's face, he looks very warm. It, it is actually. Is it? I, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Fair it's enough. just started raining. Um, I'm going to guess in Sunderland, Neil, it's very windy. Um, no, it's quite still, actually. It has been oh, raining. Yeah. Though, but it's, no, yeah, it's it's raining. It, it has rained this morning in Burnley, um, to be fair. Um, we'll move on from the weather chat, though, Glenn. Thank you for your comment, though. Um, MKP Fave says another central defender may be needed. Um Potentially, but you know we do have uh, Egan, Riley, and McNally um, come in as well. Um, I'm not sure how much company actually rates uh, McNally. If I'm honest, I think he would have played more if he rated him highly. But he is still young. Uh, maybe he's one for the future. Um, I think we've looked good at, at the back. Uh, obviously, the fact that we've got Charlie Taylor in there now when um, Bay is injured maybe suggests that you could be right on that one. But he's doing a fantastic job, is Taylor. I think the only problem with Taylor is 
is that he um, he isn't very good on the ball. So it's 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 one of them. He's still a cracking defender. Um, oh, I he's think not he's going into role, you know. I, I think, I think he is doing. He yeah. is doing. But I think you, you can tell the difference between him and Bayer on oh, the yeah, ball. Yeah. You can tell the difference. Um, Inky Punk's in the chat, otherwise known as Anti-Football, uh, if you remember Anti-Football from the earlier days. Um, morning, lads. Glorious sunshine here in Portugal. Good to see McNally and Igor Marley being introduced gently when games are already won. Um, yeah, completely agree with that. And BSC Liam says, I've not been able to get do I diddy out of my head for about two weeks. People getting peed off of me at work singing it. I'll tell you what, mate, I came home last night. My little boy was still away, which I was surprised at because I didn't get on to about quarter to nine. Um, if that were me, I'd be getting shouted at. Um, but I picked him up and like, that was singing it all night. I was singing it all night. Absolutely brilliant. And that new Anasarori song, absolutely brilliant. That That's my favorite, I think, the Anasarori song. That was echoing around the streets of Sunderland for hours afterwards, honestly. But when we were when we were coming out, obviously we, we parked in like uh, near the burger vans around the back. And I've always got on with Sunderland fans. I lived there for a year. Obviously, Neil, you'll know you live there as well. Um, I've never really had any issues with him. We're all just walking around singing Burnley songs, and most of Sunderland fans were laughing. There are a couple of people going, "Ah, oh, you lucky bastards," and all this. But most people were just having a laugh. Uh, but let's get on to that second half, then, boys, because what a dream of a second half it was. Tom, I'll start with you. Um, we needed an early goal, didn't we? Um, and we yeah. got it, and that proper set the tone for it. Yeah, and uh, I was watching um, a Sunderland stream, so I had their comms on, and all they'd gone on about all game was how many goals they conceded to from corners. Mm. And I was just thinking, God, could we just get one in from a corner? And they might panic if we get one. And uh, thankfully, yeah, it just went over and went in. But it's just pleasing, um, at least for this game, to see so many of the new lads uh, contributing to goals and assists. Whereas we've probably seen Jay contribute more in games, and, and Brownie obviously still got one, but to see um, to three to see three of them on the score sheet and uh, contrib- contributing assists and, and really gelling together now is um, incredible. And obviously Benson really changed the game when he came on, and I noticed watching it that their fullbacks were a little bit slow. Um, so as soon as he came on, he really switched it up a gear down that side. So yeah, I mean, you can't complain. I was. Uh, I was really upset at half time, but um, wife was <laughs> sleeping on set next day, watching second half, and she got she got woke up three or four times and had to go upstairs. So <laughs> happy days. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Neil, your thoughts? Obviously, had to start well. Did start well. We've already give credit to company, but I'll say it again: credit to company for recognizing, as Tom said, you know they had issues. The fullbacks were slow, um, and we could exploit them in certain ways. Um, and they, they made the changes to do that. So you know, credit to and got the early goal and it set the tone. Yeah, it did set the tone. That was probably the best half of football I've seen us play, in all fairness. It was just it was just the complete opposite of the first half. The first half where we looked like we didn't have a plan, we didn't have, we didn't like a clue. In fact, it looked like we'd just come up from League One, not Sunderland. Yeah, and then agreed. and then in the in the second half it was just absolutely just power, direction, organization, everything was coming off, confidence, everything. So whatever Vincent said or did at half time, amazing. Hats off. Yeah, I don't know if you, I mean, you two will have done, but uh, I don't know if everybody in the chat has seen them videos of company's half-time team talks when he was uh, yeah. at Anderlecht. I think yeah. that may have been one of them. I think that may have been one of them. Yeah. I think that may have been one of them. Trucker Jenkins says, I said to my dad when we got that first goal back, I'd rather be 2-1 down at this stage than 1-0. Yeah, obviously, especially that in that instance, obviously, it gives you the credit. Um, Jack Palmer says, I'm never going to get over Zorori's goal. Uh, I need a, I need, I need a, I need to print a shirt with the goal on it. Yeah, that, that'd be a good shirt, wouldn't it? Paul I didn't realise how good that goal what? was until I watched it back. I didn't, yeah, it's I didn't, such a good I goal. I mean, one of the Sunderland players does shit out of a tackle a little bit, but 
I don't know who wins that tackle. It's not Zorori, and it goes over to Zorori. Then he, then he, he does nothing wrong. Zorori, he's fantastic. He's, I think, he's actually, Goodmanson, I think Goodmanson yeah. won the tackle then, but I, I didn't realize just how good that finish was until I watched it back. Such a good yeah, finish. The, bend, a good the finish. bend on it to get it in from that side yeah. was unbelievable. I mean, JBG scored a good one against Birmingham, didn't he? Similar, but not with as much oomph into the bottom corner and on the opposite side. So in that argument, not similar in the slightest. But you know, a, a bending goal, and I, I love them. I love them goals. It's like a. Well, I, I don't play FIFA anymore because I, I went off it years ago. But when you, when I used to play FIFA, it's one of the goals where you cut inside, you press R one circle, finesse yep. it into the far corner. Absolute peach. And for those of you that do like Zorori's goal, and you want to watch it again. Yeah, that, that is me. Uh, that is me shouting that. And uh, the, the the problem with these videos is, right, I do them and I think, oh, that'd be well good content. I listen back to it and I sound like such an idiot on them all. You reminded me of Gary idiot. Neville there. Do you remember when Gary Neville went a little bit over oh, the top? Oh, yeah. Before, Chelsea, Liverpool were it. Or yeah, yeah that Neville vibes or Something like that. Well, at Sky Sports, I am available if, if you need uh, <laughs> any commentary. Um, Oh yeah, Trucker Jenkins said. I think you're. I think you're talking about my video there, mate. He says, "There's a fan vlog dialect in line as a already goal. The bend and dip was incredible. Uh, what a fucking hit!" Yeah, that's my video, that mate. I think. I think you're talking about that one. I also, anyway. I've got all four goals. I've got all four goals. All four Burnley goals and one of theirs. I missed the first one. Um, I, I got them celebrating. The vlog will be out probably tomorrow because I'm working all day today. Um, so it'll probably be tomorrow. But um, I've got all four Burnley goals. I won't show them to you now. I'm not sure there's already one again before we go. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, you know what? I want to go a little bit off topic because someone said earlier, um, can't remember it is now. Here we go. Inky Punk, otherwise known as anti football, uh, said, Loving the new player chance, but Brownell deserves a good one. Ignoring the Brownell bit, although we'll get onto the Brownell bit in a minute. In fact, we'll do it now because Inky Punk has put a, a Brownell comment in there to the tune of Brown Girl in the Ring. I don't know that tune. Ante, I'll be honest. We got Brownell on the team, and he's on the ball. We got Brown on the team, and he's going to score a goal. You'll have to, you have to tell me the tune. I don't know if anybody knows that tune, because um, you know I don't know it. But it's, it's. I, I like this new rebrand of Burnley Football Club. Like this time, eighteen months ago, we were seen as this team that just plays horrible football with horrible fans. All right, yesterday, you know, there was potentially reports of an incident where people were throwing something. I didn't see it. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I definitely didn't see it. Um, Neil, you were on the other side, actually. I don't know if you saw anything from that side. No, we didn't know what happened because from where we were sat, we just seen players go off and then towards our left, just a mass of stewards and police. So we had no idea what had gone on. Yeah, them, see, they, 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 they were closer to us, them stewards. So right, we, we, yeah. I thought maybe I would have seen it if something had happened. Again, I'm not saying it hasn't. I'm not going to do that. But I did speak to a policeman at half-time and say, what were all that about? Is that what do you mean? Said stopping of the game in the first half. Is that, oh, did it stop? Said, yeah, yeah, it stopped. And they said, I had a big sign on the screen saying, um, you know, people throwing stuff on the pitch, you need to stop it. Um, he's like, oh, I don't know, mate. And you would have thought, all right, this policeman may have been inside the stadium and not been outside, if that makes sense, like underneath the concourse. But you would have thought on the radio that he said something. But anyway, if that is the case, don't do it again, lads. You're going to give us all a bad name. But... This time, 18 months ago, we were seen as this horrible little football club with horrible little fans. Whereas now, we're seen as this football club, this forward-thinking club. We've got good young fans coming in. Like, the fans, the young, they're coming back with, you know, selling out stadiums, selling out away away concourses and stuff like that. 2,800 Burnley fans yesterday. 
And I saw a comment from an Everton fan on one of them away days pages, you know, that puts like Burnley fans at Sunderland. And this Everton fan put, why are they doing this now in the Championship? They never did this in the Premier League. Then they went on to have a little bit of a dig. Just goes to show that they found the level. And it's it's not that. It's just, I think we've got the bug back, aren't we? Because we're playing a different style of football. Neil, I'll start with you. We're playing a different style of football. They've come in, uh, Alan Pace and people like that, and they've made good decisions for the brand of Burnley Football yeah. Club, I think. Um, so yeah, it, it's good to see. It's good to see a lot of young fans back, and it's good to see a, a lot of fans back. And we've got the bug. I saw someone um, in the concourse yesterday at halftime. Uh, someone I knew from college who's a teacher now, actually. Um, he teaches my little boy. I won't mention his name just in case he don't want to be mentioned. But uh, he teaches my little boy. Um, but he was saying, "That's my first game this season. I've got the bug. You know, I've got the bug again. You know, they've given me all this, and now they're here with criticizing for that because it was half time, obviously. Um, but it's good to show these type of fans are coming back, and that's good to see, isn't it? Yeah, clubs had a rebrand, didn't it? It's a complete rebrand, everything. Um, I think it's just been, I don't know if the term up to date is more, uh, but the club just feels more up to date and more modern and, like you said, forward thinking. Um, Pace has obviously got an idea for what he wants out of the club and he's trying to brand yeah. it in that, in that, in that model. Um, and hats off to him, it's, it's doing all right so far. Yeah, Tom, your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Uh, I, I remember when we first went up to the Premier League and I've got quite a few friends that are kind of Wigan, Bolton, all different kind of lower Premier League teams that were kind of in and out of the league at the time. And they said to me when we went up, they said, if you stay up there, you'll get bored of it. And I yeah. said, no, I'll never get bored of being Premier League. Are you, are you kidding? We'd never get bored of it. But I mean, it, it was there for all to be seen towards the end of last season and probably the season before that away attendances <laughs> were going down and people just kind of get sick of turning up to hope you might get a point or nick a win every week. Whereas, yeah. obviously, the team, we're all infused now because we, we go into big stadiums and playing big teams still, but there's a chance that we're going to get good results and we're playing good football. So, yeah, it's 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 there's a buzz around the club at the moment and it's, it's a buzz that's not been there for a couple of years. So I'm all for it and um, let's hope it continues. Yeah, you know, to, just just from a personal point of view, I can completely agree. I wouldn't say I was bored, but it's 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 one of them. Last year, I went on one away game all season, and that was Brentford away. And normally, I will always go to all of the northwest ones, but I thought I can't be asked going City, can't be asked going Liverpool. Um, I would have gone Everton. I can't remember why I didn't go Everton. Um, but I, same with United. I, I, I normally go there as well, but again, I just couldn't be bothered. Whereas this season, I think that's my fourth one. I think we played seven away games. Um, I think Chef United as well. I don't actually have a ticket for Chef United yet because none of my friends wanted to go on, but I think I might just maybe, maybe, maybe just go on my own. I'm not sure. Um, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one of them. I think the bug is back. Uh, just going back to the um, fans throwing stuff on the pitch thing. Um, I spoke to a policeman, like I said, he didn't have a clue. Um, Jack Palmer, that's the wrong comment. Here it is. He says, Companet said he wasn't told about things being thrown at all. And then he goes on to say he was told that the stop was for, was for technological errors after the match. Um, so, again, I don't really know too much about that. Um, but all I know is a sports. I didn't see anything being thrown. I just saw something on the pitch. Sorry, something on the, on, on the screen. Um, and then all the players go over to the thing. A policeman said, no, don't know what's going on. Yeah, um, suggestion so from the Sunderland guys on their stream was that the goal line technology had stopped working is what we... Well, what they were thinking on their stream. So, I don't well, that's interesting. Then, it's, that. it's, it's, if it is the case, if it is the case, then why have they put that on the screen? Yeah, well, apparently, apparently, just... apparently, it's not. Um, apparently, it's not a rare occurrence there since they moved the away fans to the top tier because the away fans used to be behind the goal. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I was, I was chatting. And they were saying since they moved them up there, it happens pretty much every game. So, whether it's just a standard thing they put on, I, I don't know. Could yeah. be a coincidence, I'd... I guess. 
Yeah, I don't know. Although there is someone in the comments says it was a vape and it got an eight-year-old got hit, but I've, again, I've not seen anything about that. Um, but um, yeah, obviously we'll carry on then with the second half. Um, obviously, the second goal, uh, a fantastic. Uh, obviously, not as good as the Rory's, but the second goal that, that got the equaliser. Um, it was good to see as, as then get back into it. And and I'll tell you one thing I noticed. Obviously, after that, we then got our tails up and went on to, to, to win the game comfortably. But even at 3-2, and he stayed at 3-2 for quite a while, didn't it? It wasn't it wasn't 3-2 for ages. Obviously, Benson got the second, then Zorori got the um, the third, as we all know, and we've just seen in the 69th minute. And it, and it was two, sorry, 3-2 for around, around 20 minutes. And as soon as it went 3-2, all the Sunderland fans got up and started walking off. And I, I just thought that was weird. I, I don't know, Neil, I'll start with you on this one because obviously you was there with your father-in-law, you was in the Burnley end, but he's a Sunderland yeah. fan. Yeah. And I thought it was strange that the Sunderland fans were getting up and walking off at 3-2, especially Burnley's record at throwing leads away. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they were just like, ah, fuck this, mate. We're obviously, I don't know why I'm trying to do an accent. Said, oh, forget this. We're obviously not going to come back into it. What were you saying yeah. at that point? Were we saying there's no chance we're going back into this now? Yeah, he said. He's even said at half time at two 0 It's not safe because they're a bit like us of throwing so many leads away. And then when we went behind, I mean, the, the momentum was clearly with us. They were not getting back into that. Um, yeah. And he just said it's like it's happened so often this season that I think fans are just like that's, that's it. Yeah, fair enough. Tom, how did you feel when we went three two? I, I was still a bit worried personally. I did, I did. I do agree with Neil. The momentum was definitely with us, but the momentum's been with us a few times this season, and we've not been able to kill teams off. And it's not different. It did. I, looking back on hindsight, it did. But I, I don't know. I, I was still at the time a little bit panicky. Um, but Tom, I don't know how you felt when we went three two up because I, I was still a little bit worried. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how aware their fans would be of. Um our statistic of chucking goals away. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a bit surprising if they were aware of it, that they'd leave because um, you kind of never know with us this season whether um, a goal's going to sneak in. But um, yeah, I agree. It definitely felt different yesterday. They felt really dominant. It just didn't feel like we were going to give up another goal. Um, and they just looked like they panicked completely and just started making errors that they weren't making in the first half. Um, but yeah. I think I think they a lot of their fans sort of aren't expecting anything because a bit like us, really, they're struggling in the striker situation. They're, all their strikers are injured. Yeah. And I think they, they knew that once it gone back, if they, especially if they need to score, they're not going to. Yep, fair enough. Um, moving on, we've had a few comments. Uh, I don't know where it's gone now. Here we go. Anti-football, Inky Pung. Uh, with five of our next six yeah. at home, surely now this is the time for us to really stamp our authority on this league. Um, I think I think the next five are just off the top of my head. I could easily get them up on screen, but I'm not going to. Um, obviously, uh, Norwich on Tuesday. Uh, what day is it now? It's Sunday. We've got Norwich on Tuesday, haven't we? Then we've got, is it Reading next Saturday? Then Rotherham the Tuesday after. Then I think it's Sheffield United away. And then after that, is it is it not Rovers? I'm not sure the next five. Um, I might be wrong on that one, especially the Rovers one. Um, but yeah, five of the next six at home, especially the next three. I'm looking at Norwich. They're a good side. Don't get me wrong. They're a good side, but they have been poor recently. Uh, and then you've got Reading, who, off the top of my head, the form has not been great recently. They started the season quite well, um, but their form hasn't been great. Now, I can't even find them in the league table. Where are they? Uh, well, they're seventh. Uh, they've lost three out of the last five, though, but they did win yesterday. Um, so their form's off a cliff. And then Rotherham, again, with the greatest of respect. If we don't leave the turf with three points there, then, then, then there's something wrong. So, Tom, I'll start with you. Do you think we can really start stamping our authority on this league now? Yeah, absolutely. I think five out of the next six at home, we definitely need to um, start getting a little bit more consistent, start 
winning as many games as we can. Um, Reading game will be interesting with Andy Carroll coming back. Not sure he's come back and played against us since that red card for um, help win Ben Mee in the back of the head for West Ham. But, um, yeah. yeah, it should be um, it'd be an interesting prospect for our players to play against a striker like that. So I don't think they've really come up against somebody that big and domineering yet. If he's fit. Yeah, true. Good point. He scores a winner on Saturday in the last minute. So, well, you never know with Andy Carroll, I suppose, but he should be fit. Yeah, I mean, it could be interesting, like you say, somebody like Taylor Harewell-Bellis, I doubt he's ever played against somebody like that. Although he did play in the Championship last season. I'm not, I don't think Carroll's in the Championship last season off the top of my head, to be fair. Uh, but might be worth a plan of, of just sticking Charlie Taylor on him, a more expense, um, sorry, experience head at the back. I don't know your thoughts, Neil, on, on that one. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, he can get injured standing up, can't he, Andy Carroll? So you never know if he's going to play or not. But yeah, it'd be interesting prospect how, how we deal with him. But if we can stop the ball getting anywhere near him in the first place, then we won't have, we'll have that problem. Yeah, true. If we win the midfield battle, then we should be all right. Just just in the interest of getting things correct here on Turfcast, because I know sometimes I like to babble and, and get things wrong. The next fixtures are Norwich at home, Reading away. Um, Reading at home, sorry. Rotherham at home. Then Sheffield United away. Then... Then it is the uh, EFL Cup. Then it is Rovers. So I was right. Just forget the EFL Cup thing because um, obviously I'm referring to the league. Um, so that is spot on. Um, and then QPR away, the first game back after uh, the World Cup, which is the 11th of December. That's a, I thought the World Cup went on all the way through December again. Um, that's a different debate. Um, but let's just have a look at uh, the league table then, shall we, boys? Because it does make good reading, apart from one little thing uh, that doesn't make good reading but the majority of it is good reading um we'll sort that out on the on the derby though won't we we'll get we'll fingers crossed out. it's already sorted out by then neil uh, to be honest fingers crossed it's already sorted out by then neil but it is on your screen now if you're watching on the youtube channel if you're listening on the podcast and you want to see stuff like this give us a subscribe on the youtube channel um qpr top surprised at that they're a decent side um but i didn't think they'd be top at this stage of the season i thought they'd fade although full credit to their guy uh, as soon as i heard that wolves were interested in their manager i thought ah he'll go they'll drop happy days that's good for us um but he stayed there so fair play they've won four of their last five uh so have the horse fiddlers who are joint top but in second they've won four of their last five three in a row now for blackburn um, which, you know, they were winning, losing, winning, losing. Now they've won four in a row. Uh, we are up to third. We are on seven wins now. Seven wins, eight draws, uh, won three of the last two, obviously lost one all season. So one defeat in 16 championship games. I think it's 14th unbeaten now. Um, then you've got Sheffield United, who I stand by the fact, I do still think they're one of the best sides, if not the best side in the league. And I do think ultimately it'll be between us and them at the end of the season if they get their players back. I am working with a Sheffield United fan today, so I'll get more information on that. But he was saying last week or a couple of weeks ago that he thinks a lot of their injuries are going to be to after the World Cup. So that's obviously good for us because we play them before then and after the World Cup's pretty much you know, most of the season. Uh, then you've got Millwall who are doing very well. I thought they were poor at the turf. Uh, honestly, I really did. I thought they were very, very poor at the turf, but they have turned it around one four in a row. Norwich, who we play next, they are... Out of form, haven't won one game in the last five, uh, lost five games this season compared to our one. Then you've got the likes of Reading, Luton, Swansea, Preston, Rotherham, uh, Bristol City and Sunderland down in 13th. But Tom, I'll start with you. Um, a lot of people are saying we're the best team in the league, um, not just Burnley fans, uh, opposition fans and, and mainly managers who know a lot about that. Are you looking at that league table now and thinking the top two is a, a very, very distinct probability or are you still a little bit sort of like, oh, you know, just take it one game at a time, you know, it's still a new team sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's still a new team and there's always the um, the prospect that we might just have that little 
dodgy spell and it's how how company responds to that if that does happen we've also yeah. got a couple of positions where we're really up against it if they if those players do get injured so if rodriguez is out and if, if court goes out then um then that puts us in a really difficult position i don't think we look that good aside with those two players out of the team yeah, so i, think you have to I mean that to be fair it's very very fragile for us i think when we've got everybody fit we're probably top two in the league but Couple of them players that um, are our key players have uh, very, very shaky injury records. So, yeah, I mean, I think top two at the moment, but it's fragile. Yeah, no, I agree. I think yesterday the first half proved that. Um, I do think, I do think we, we have the, there is more to come from us. Uh, apologies, Neil. I've just covered your face with this comment. I will take it down in a no, second. Um, but um, Inky Punk says Bastards have played a game more than us, so that position doesn't count. Yes, but obviously we will have played the same amount of games <laughs> on Tuesday. I think. I don't think they're playing on Tuesday. I know we are. Obviously, it's it's our rearranged yeah, game, game from when, yeah, from when the Queen died. So um, I, I, it should be level, and it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, if we draw. We will go above them, so fingers crossed we can get a point and get into the top two at the very we've minimum. Got a, but, um, we've got a good, really strong goal difference. You know, it's plus fourteen goal difference. Yeah, that's good classic. knowledge. I, I were looking at it then, trying to work it out. Um, yeah, so no, I've got there. it on Sky. It's it's massive. That I can't, I don't know if we've ever had that in recent times. It's Probably not at this stage of the season, no. Especially yeah. being in the Premier League. Um, um, Jack Palmer says, "I'm not hoping for top two. I know we are going to win the league. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Neil, your thoughts on um, the the uh, well the ambitions for the season? I'm looking. I, I completely agree with what Tom said. I I do feel we are the best team, or at least one of the best two teams in the league when everybody is fit. But it is so fragile. We saw yesterday if Jay gets injured or Jack or God forbid both, we are, for want of a better word, pretty poor. That short, we were very poor against an average Sunderland side yesterday in the first half without them. All right, I don't think they, either of them came on at half time when, when we turned it around in fairness, but um, them lessons learned. Hopefully, company can recover from them, um, as as he said in, in the thing yesterday. But what are your thoughts for the for the ambitions for the season then, bud? Yeah, so I, th- I think top two, but like you say, it depends on them injuries because we are bang average with those injuries. But it also depends who we get in January and what company's January plans are because we've not yeah. many games left now until we'll get to that point anyway. And then the season, yeah. <laughs> and then the season. Um, if you look at the table, it's insanely tight. So even then, a couple of yeah. bad results isn't going to be the end of the world. So if Jay or Jack get injured and they're only out for two or three games, you can easily pull that back because it's only two or three wins will get you back up there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, I think we'll start wrapping it up there, lads. Um, it's it's been good to get you on the show. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you to everyone commenting. Um, actually, just before we do go uh, and get your comments in very very quickly because I am going to wrap it up because I'm setting off to Leeds in around forty minutes, so I should probably start wrapping it up soon. Um, man of the match from yesterday. I've not done a poll for ages, and it's it's difficult to choose yesterday um, because nobody deserved it in the first half, and pretty much everybody deserved it in the second half. But, um, Neil, I'll start with you. Who do you think should get the man of the match from yesterday? Can the manager get one for changing it? Um, uh, he could do, but then, obviously, yeah. the argument with that is... I don't know. I think, I think Teller was consistent because he, he was all right in the first half. So, you're looking at Teller, but for me, Benson completely changed it. Yeah. Completely changed it. He changed, he changed the, the way we played. He changed the the mood, he changed everything, so I'm going to give it to him. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, Benson and Zorori both got a goal and assist each, so yeah. um, Zorori didn't have that good a first half, so I'd probably give it to Benson just uh, based on the fact that biggest contribution, least amount of minutes and um, biggest impact on the game. Um, I think it's definitely 
his best performance yeah. in a Burnley mm-hmm. shirt so far. I completely agree. And I think he's so much better when he comes off the bench, me, uh, Benson, personally. Um, I don't, I won't say I don't rate him when he starts, but he just seems to impact games so much more than he does when he comes off the bench. Um, Simon Edmondson says Benson, man of the match. John Mead says Benson. Luke Williamson says Benson. It's not cheating, says Anas. Um, Michael Sullivan says Benson. Jack Palmer says, I think Teller, as he started the comeback, was a solid the whole game and built momentum, building on what Neil said, obviously. Uh, Graham907 says Benson. I was going to give it to Anas, and I still am going to give it to Anas. I'm not going to let you people change my mind. Um, I just thought Anas was, uh, he was brilliant. All right, he was a bit quiet in the first half, but they all were, probably aside from Teller, as you've said. Um, but Icky Punk also says Benson, but uh, for me, it's just that goal. That goal wins it. I Don't get me wrong, Benson changed the game. Benson did change the game. I'm not saying he didn't. And I do think he should be maybe coming off the bench a little bit more um, than maybe starting games. But having said that, he's probably on the right to start on Tuesday. Um, so we'll see. But um, lads, thanks for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Tom, obviously, I know you've got a, a Burnley page yourself. So do you want to let everyone know where they can where they can find you, where they can watch and view all your stuff and things like that? Yeah, it's just up the clarets uh, on Facebook, not to be confused with the forum, which um, everybody does get confused with. We're not affiliated with the forum at all. Um, but yeah, just up the clarets on Facebook. We're just putting stuff out on there at the moment. That's it. Happy days. And Neil, you're just Neil. You can just follow Neil. Yeah, on just Twitter. me. Yeah, I'm just yeah. me, yeah. Yeah. Neil, please feel free to follow him on Twitter. But thank you, lads, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for commenting. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the channel. If you want more of me today, not sure why anybody would, but if you do want more of me today, I will be over on the sportsbet.io YouTube channel from around 1.30 until around half six today, having a watch of all the Premier League um, games and, and, and talking about stuff like that and putting bets up if that's the sort of thing you're interested in. Although, although if you are not in England, like Tom, or anti-football, you can just go on the sportsbet.io website and you'll be able to see me on there. But if you are in England, you have to watch me on the YouTube channel. But I reckon, before we do go, we take one more look at that Anas Zorori goal. Thanks everyone for watching and listening if you're listening on the podcast. That's a point. I've been putting these videos up of the goal. You can't see it. You're seeing me screaming like an idiot. Um, but thank you for listening if you're listening on the podcast and listening to the things. And I will be back, hopefully, for a pre-game show uh, before the Norwich game. But I'll be honest with you, I haven't even sorted a Norwich fan out yet. Um, so I might struggle for that. Um, but if not, I'll be definitely doing a 60 second review after it. But thanks for watching and I'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.